Hey, what's up? How's it going, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the Go Long podcast here uh, over at golongtd.com. As always, for our VIP subscribers, we bring on past and present NFL players from around the country uh, for you to throw back a beer or two or three or four with. And Friday night this week, Baltimore Ravens legend, Super Bowl champion, almost ran for 11,000 yards in the NFL. Jamal Lewis joined, and he was exceptional. As I mentioned here earlier, got to know Jamal uh, really well about five years ago. Unbelievably open on his, uh, I guess you could just say the state, the state of his brain and his concerns with living with CTE, depression, suicidal thoughts, how he copes with it all. Um, he has kids. He takes on several different jobs. He finds a way to stay really, really active to combat those symptoms and is in a great place. It's a day-to-day struggle. He's the first to say it's a day-to-day struggle and, and he's not shy to talk about it. So we get into that uh, later on on this happy hour replay, but also just his best memories from those Baltimore days, winning the Super Bowl in 2000, uh, the Tennessee Vol days, and then playing with Peyton Manning, and some Tony Saragusa memories, uh, some memories of, you know, having to pick up the uh, the limo bill with Ray Lewis and the gang when he was going out on Thursday nights with the Ravens. Uh, just a, a lot of stories from the playing days and the hardest hit he ever took. It involves Sean Taylor of the Washington Redskins. And we eventually kind of get around to how do we all reconcile with the violence of pro football. It's something that we've talked about before, especially when DeMar Hamlin nearly lost his life on a football field. I think you'll find Jamal Lewis's answer. Also considering what Jamal Lewis has been through, uh, unbelievably insightful. So here is the replay. And if you want to hang out with players from around the NFL and let me know who you want to hang out with, we'll make it happen. The link to upgrade to a VIP membership is right here in the feed. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. I should have known, man, that you'd have this whiteboard behind you with, you know, a to-do oh, list yeah. that's a mile high. I mean, you're you're a busy dude. I don't know how you juggle it all, Jamal. Holy cow. <laughs> I will put it up a little bit. Yeah, man. Just staying busy. That's about it. Just trying to trying to work. That's Love about it. it. Man, then, thanks so on? much for doing this. Just uh man, it's always good to see you. God, we were hanging out. I can't believe it was five years ago that we were down there in Atlanta. It was a long time, half of a decade. Oh man. Um, yeah, that was crazy. That that was Five years ago. Wow. A lot yeah. has happened in five years. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to hear about it. But you're – I mean, it's it's incredible everything you have going on with your family, with your businesses. I mean, you were so unbelievably candid about everything you're dealing with after all these collisions. But you look great. I mean, we talked for, for the blood and guts behind me there, talking to Shannon Sharp, Ben Coates. You had me in stitches on some of those oh, yeah. uh, those Shannon stories. Those were great. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was awesome, man. It's good to see uh 
Shannon doing what he's doing now, and it's uh, it just shows that's that's how he was anyway in the locker room. So what he's doing right now is just just being him, and uh, it's good. You know the piece that you you did and everything that was uh, that was awesome. Hey, no, I, I appreciate you, Jamal. I know it's it was pretty raw. I mean, you were so open and honest about. I mean, I think a lot of guys are probably dealing with the aftershock and the aftermath of collisions and the way you ran it's just so vivid in all of our memories I mean every carry it was life and death for you I mean you you blasted through people you took their souls away I mean we can start wherever you want but like just how, how's life today I mean these last five years um are, are, do you feel good did you feel like you're in a good place because uh, it was you know you weren't really sure when we were hanging out down there in Atlanta oh yeah man hey, I feel pretty good you know uh you know, just just dealing and 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 hanging with the fam and keeping the kids going and trying to you know grow a business and uh, well, a couple businesses, trying to grow that and uh, been doing a little bit of traveling, you know, with that and uh, just just staying busy, man, you know, and that's that's about it. And uh, still staying staying up with the old team with the Ravens and uh, we actually you know we, we did the Bullies of Baltimore. I think you saw that. Yeah. You mentioned that which uh, we had been anticipating that coming out and everything, but it, it, it did a great piece on that and everything. And I, I can say that, you know, watching that brought back a whole lot of memories um, of the things we used to do and just how the environment was uh, on the field and just how violent it was, you know, back then. And it seems like it's so far, far, uh, you know, just so much so long ago, but, it really isn't, you know, uh, it's just yeah. how the game has changed and everything. So, uh, but I've been doing good, man. I, I can't complain. I can't complain. Uh, everything's uh, looking up. Well, so what businesses are, are you running now? I remember you were, I mean, you were doing so much at once then um, yeah. and, and taking on new projects. What, so what's your world like your day to day right now? All right. Now I got a company uh, called Buyer Connected Incorporated where we uh, go in and do um, fixtures and installations, you know, for big box retail centers like Lowe's and uh, Total Wine, uh, Target companies like that. Uh, we'll go in and do resets or whatever. So we got teams pretty much around the country uh, to handle that. And we also do a lot of logistics uh, as well, storage, warehousing, um, you know, final mile delivery type stuff. So still in the logistics space. Um, and then my other company is Southeast Exhibits and Events. Uh, yes, right. where we're doing mostly um, uh, trade show exhibits. So building out trade show exhibits and booths. Luckily, I got good partners uh, in the space, you know, and uh, Bio Connected, my partner, Robert Cuton, uh, who's actually my CEO as well. And, uh, you know, really helped with some of my deficiencies, you know, as far as, uh, you know, I, I do have some of the same issues we talked about, you know, five years ago. Uh, but having good partners and having good people in your corner uh, really helps to, you know, uh, get around that, you know, whatever. And uh, I feel like I got some good partners in, in Southeast exhibits, uh, Brandon, uh, Kena and, and Art, Art uh, Caruso, uh, they're in the New Jersey area. Uh, but, but, you know, in my case, you know, we can, you know, you got to go out, you got to make money, right. You know, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, you know, feed the kids and, and give them what they want and just have a good quality of life, you know? And um, that's 
really what's important. And, you know, having good partners um, and, and like teammates, you know, that that's a, a big plus, you know, and um, that really helps drive the businesses and everything else. So I don't have to do as much, uh, but at the same time, I am pretty much heavily involved uh, in in things that's going on in the business. So. And you're able to scratch that, that competitive itch. If I, if I remember right, you, you really opened up on like, you, you lose those 70, 80,000 screaming fans just cheering you on. Like every player just has to struggle with that being removed from your life when you're just ejected into mainstream society. It's, it's just, it's, it's a totally different yeah. existence, a totally different world. I, how, if I remember, I mean, you, you're a competitive guy too. So maybe being in businesses and wanting to kick everybody's ass in a different corporate world achieves that. But are, are you able to still kind of scratch yeah. that itch? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it, man. That's what keeps me going. Um, you know, being able to go out and get those wins as far as those sales or whatever, and, and bringing on new clients and things of that nature. That's uh that's that's winning, you know, and that really, you, you know, uh, helps feed that 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 competitive spirit that, you know, I've always had. Um, and I apply a lot of a lot of things that that I actually, you know, uh, acquired or took from football. A lot of the coaches and the coaches talks and everything else, you know, and the adversity that we went through. Um, you know, in certain seasons and everything else and uh, the injuries and the hurts and, the, you know, just the, the loss and the win, certain things like that, you know, it's it all comes back, you know, when you got that team atmosphere and, and you get that call from a client and they say, hey, we got some new business or, you know, you've been working on a client and and they call you and you win some new business. It's uh, it's, it's very gratifying and um, it really does feed that competitive spirit. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Man. And oh my God, that documentary was great. Uh, Tony Saragusa had me in stitches, like just what a character RIP <laughs> goose. But like the, uh, when he, I, I totally forgot how he took Rich Gannon out of that AFC championship game. And he was saying oh, on the radio really? show, like, I don't know why Rich is complaining. Uh, I lay on top of my wife once a week and she doesn't complain. She, <laughs> she's my <fine> with all. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He, man, I swear that, you know, we went to, we had that whole uh, shoot when we was doing it, man, just being around him and, you know, just not him, but the other players as well. But, you know, a lot of us haven't seen each other, you know, in a while. And uh, Goose is one of them. I haven't seen him in a, in a good while. And um, he's just a great guy. You know, he used to be, actually my locker mate at the football games. So we actually played, you know, in stadiums or whatever. He was right next to me. So I got a chance to hear him every game <laughs> that that we played that we played. I got a chance to to listen to him and 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 he's you know he was an older guy. He was a veteran, you know, uh when I came in. He was an older guy and and, and gave me a lot of knowledge and uh you know, just a great guy, man, just all around and somebody that you didn't want to mess with. And and he was very humorous and, and outspoken. And he said what he what was on his mind, you know, and it just showed, you know, every every setting that we got a chance to get in. He just stole the show. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. It showed, you know, on that show. Yeah. Is there is there anything uh, 
that didn't make the bullies of Baltimore that you, that can make this happy hour that you can share? Any, any, whether it's oh, Tony man. or anybody else from that team, you had a lot of characters. Well, I think that from from my standpoint, in in sitting in that in that uh, group setting, uh, doing that shoot, it was I was the young guy. You know, I was the rookie. Yeah, you know, right. I was the rookie that got a chance to get involved. You know, and was a got a chance to be a part of that, you know, uh, of that team and that season and the Super Bowl and everything else. Um, but looking back at it, you know, I, I was, I think we actually talked about it on the set, but just with me, uh, Ray, Rod Woodson, Shannon Sharp, you know, we would all get together every Thursday and go out, you know, whatever. We'll go out, you know, have some drinks, eat, whatever, and hang out. And I just noticed, like, every single time it went from Thursday with all of us, and then Friday is just me and Ray. And, of course, we got to travel, and, you know, we got, you know, if we travel, we had games or whatever. But I noticed that every time, you know, we would get a limo and go out, you know, I would always get stuck with being the last to get dropped off, which means I was the one that had to pay the tab. So it was every (laughs) single time. It was Two, three days a week, I'm paying $1,000 for a limo because we're out all night and all day, you know. So, and I was just like, man, like, you know, these guys, they were setting me up, you know. And uh, that was just one of the times. But through that, you know, we got a chance to get together and and talk and, and, you know, just go through things and how we felt about the game we just played to the game was going into. And I can't remember, you know, in one of those settings, and Ray, we were sitting back, and Ray just went through every single game that we had left. And he just started naming them off, and he's like, oh, this team, oh, they don't stand a chance. We're going to smash them. Oh, this team, oh, we, we should beat them by these 14 points. Oh, this team, we should. And he just went to, and then he said, I don't see us getting beat. Like, we're going to the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know? And this was <laughs> this was earlier on, you know? But uh, but that just, you know, honestly, just being in that environment, being with those guys, hanging out with those guys, it instilled pretty much everything in me that I took forward for the next nine years, you know. So uh, it, it, it was great being around some some great veterans, great players and uh, soaking in that knowledge, you know. But uh, but even with Goose, man, I, I just. Like, Goose was just hilarious. Like, even during the game, like, getting ready for a game, usually you're you're focused, you're thinking about what you got to do, and he's just, like, just up, like, just another day at the office, you know. So, uh, but I took a lot from that, you know, and and took it on throughout my career, you know. Those guys, I think, those guys made me. I, I can say that. I mean, you were the missing piece for, for that team. I, I was so fascinated to hear, you know, even Brian Billick admit, I've got this huge ego, right? Like he wants to throw the ball. Oh, he yeah. comes from Minnesota. And it took him swallowing his ego and realizing, look, Tony Banks just is turning it over too much. Let's get Trent in there. He ain't going to turn it over. And we'll just have him hand the ball to Jamal. And let's just beat yep. teams down. Like, let's have the offense reflect what the defense is in terms of yep. just – bruising and bloody and people and that was, yeah and that and that was it you know and honestly you know that was Jonathan Ogden Ray Lewis Shannon Sharp uh Trent going to Billy and saying hey look 
this is what we got to do. And and Billick listened. And he had to bite the bullet and say, hey, look, this is what it is. You know, we got to, this is what we got to do. And and I just re- remember it was like, hey, look, here we go. You know, we're going to hand the ball off. You're going to take 25 carries a game. And, you know, Trent's not going to make mistakes, hopefully. And we're going to hit Shannon Sharp, you know, and take what they give us, you know, and uh, let our defense play ball. And and that was the mentality, man. And, and, and me and Ray, we were so close. It was just like he was on defense and I was on offense, but we had the same mentality. So, yeah. you know, when I was on the field, he was standing, I could see on the sideline, he's not sitting down, he's standing up and watching, you know, in the same way. When we came off the field and the defense was on, you know, I was standing there and, you know, just watching uh, because we would get together, you know, that night or whatever and just talk through it, you know, and just we fed each other. And uh, that was, I think, the, the driving force on our offense and our defense, you know, that year and even going forward. Yeah. So we we've, we've got a good mix here. We've got a couple Bills fans, you know, in New Hampshire. Buffalo, I don't, Dave, Bill, you guys have any questions for for Jamal here? Well, actually, I just I, I had one. Um, you just mentioned it was interesting to that the players went up to to Billick and said, "Hey, this is what we got to do," and he, and he listened. I was wondering how often do the players do that, and and then how successful are they? How how many times do the coaches actually take that advice and say, "Okay, that makes sense," or they say, "Hey, I'm a coach. I'm going to do it my way." Uh, and and do their thing. Well, I think that you know what what resulted in that is the fact that we had a real veteran team. Uh, we had a lot of veterans on that team, and Billick was one of those coaches that he let the veterans pretty much run the team. You know, uh, so I think that you know by him being that kind of coach, a player's coach. Um, and just expecting you to be a, a professional. Um, I think that he had to be the same way when those vets came to him and said, Hey, look, let's try this out and just give it a try. And, uh, and, and, and there it was, you know, and, and he basically took that and, you know, that just shows what type of coach he really was, you know, um, he, he, he had a big ego, but at the same time, he, he still was a player's coach and listened to his players uh, and what they thought, you know. So that was big, and I and I would run through a brick wall from him, for him, and uh, I think any other player would as well. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Then when you hear that <clears throat> the players coach, and um, that seems like it's a really big deal and it would be really important that they would listen to the players and, and you know, react that way. So that, that's actually really cool. It's interesting to hear – um, that they had that much influence that the coaches would listen to that. And it was actually pretty successful. So you guys knew what you were talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was. And you had guys like Shannon Sharp and Ray Lewis and uh, even Rod. These guys are students of the game, you know. So they had been playing for a while. Well, Ray was a little younger. But at the same time, they knew the game. And, they, they you know, they got to go out and fight the battle, you know. And we had this – we had the chemistry. We had what it took. It was just, hey, look, we got to play these cards a different way. And uh, and 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 Billy took it, and uh, and and we rolled it all the way to the Super Bowl. Awesome, thank you. Yep.
Hey, hey, Jamal, thanks. Thanks for doing this. This is really cool. Um, hey, no problem. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I guess been maybe a student of history a little bit or sports history. And um, I was, I was looking up, uh, you know, you went to Tennessee, which I'd forgotten, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I wanted to ask about, um, you know, a little bit with the NIL, the name image likeness, you know, I, I mean, I think especially SS, SEC football, um, it's so, it, it's basically professional sports. And I, I just felt like uh, college football players, especially at that level should be paid. And I think the NIL just makes a lot of sense. And I guess maybe your perspective on the NIL and maybe some stories about, I know you played with Peyton Manning. Um, I guess I was looking up Sorry, this is a long question, long, but I was looking up in 98, I guess you guys won the championship, but you were hurt that year and how that was like, you know, what that was like, um, you know, being out for the season and were you still, you know, connected with the team? And I guess Coach Coach Fulmer was the coach. Um, Maybe just talk about that Tennessee experience and did it feel like the SEC was like a pro game was it you know when you got to the NFL was it like ah this is kind of like playing in the SEC because it's you know the teams there are just such a high level and such high level play and I went to uh, Tennessee once and that stadium is bigger than a lot of NFL stadiums and just maybe talk about your experience at Tennessee and what that was like and some of that okay background well yeah well NIL that's your first question NIL yeah I think it's a great thing uh it should have been put in place uh, I think there is a lot of things that they need to do uh, to kind of tweak it. Um, but I think what it does is it, it keeps the talent also in school. Uh, so you're not such in a rush to get to leave. So therefore, you kind of keep the balance, you know, in school as far as the competitiveness. Uh, and that's not just from a football standpoint. That's a basketball, baseball, pretty much all sports. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. But I do feel that um, as far as the, the the transfer portal piece of it, you know, where a guy can, you know, somebody comes in and say, hey, we got a $10 million NIL deal for you if you switch or if you get in the transfer portal and come play with us. I, I don't really agree with that uh, because these kids are, you know, I think when I got to college, I was 17 years old. And I can only imagine having $10 million or $3 million at 17 years old. Um, 18, 19, these guys, they, they, they can't really make solid decisions, you know, like that. And when you put money into it, uh, it kind of makes it whereas now it's all about money. And, you know, I just know playing this game, uh, growing up in high school, uh, even rec ball, you know, I love the game. You know, I love to play football and never did that love really get tampered with. Until never, it never got tampered with until the money came into the equation. So then it's, hey, I can't get enough carries because I might hit these incentives and, and you can't really just be you, you know, and, uh, that's when you notice that it really becomes a business. Uh, but I think that with NIL now that these kids, they're kind of getting a early lesson on money and how it, how it works and, how, you know, it can take your focus and things of that nature when you just put money first, you know. But I think it's a great deal. I think they'll tweak it. 
a little bit and uh, it'll be fine-tuned just right. But I think it's good for, for the kids, you know, right now. Um, Tennessee, uh, playing with Peyton Manning going in as a freshman and actually playing with Peyton uh, and learning from Peyton, uh, being able to go in and play as a, as a freshman, uh, that was a great, you know, it was a great thing. Um, and, and, and playing with a great quarterback like, like Peyton, um, you know, and just being taught by somebody like him, um, probably, you know, he probably knew he was going to be great, you know, in the NFL, but, you know, at the time when he's a senior in, in college, uh, just how I, I can, I can remember one story, uh, with David Cutcliffe. Uh, I remember David Cutcliffe came to me. And he said, uh, after practice, when I was a freshman, I wasn't playing yet. Uh, and he came to me and said, Hey, you, you can't, you can't play for me. And I was like, like, why? <laughs> you know? And he said, because you're not a practice player. And I'm like, you know, you're right. You know, I'm a gamer. <laughs> you know, that was just young, cocky 17 year old Jamal at the time. But he told me, he said, Hey, when you come out here tomorrow, he said, I want you to watch number 16 practice. And I did it. And I watched Peyton practice from the start of practice to the end of practice. Every single rep, every, every when, when the whistle was, was between the whistles, he was a hundred miles an hour. Uh, everything was, he looked just like he was in a game. And from that day forth, that's when I said, you know what? This is how I'm going to approach this. And that's how I practice, you know, from there on, as far as a hundred miles an hour, you know, um, making sure everything is right. Uh, nothing different than you would do in the game. Uh, the only thing is the contact, you know, whatever, but I'm running through the line a hundred miles an hour, uh, picking up my blitzes, whatever it might be. But that was, uh, that was something that I pulled and learned from somebody like Peyton that really helped me get drafted where I did, um, sustain um, a 10-year career uh, as a starter, you know, the whole time. Um, so that was that was because you wouldn't outwork me. Uh, and in practice, you wasn't going to outwork me in practice because if a coach watches me on film, I'm going 100, I'm giving 100%, you know, so, and that's effort. And I also got a little bit of talent. So, uh, you know, I will win that battle every time. Um, but then the next year going to the championship, uh, and being injured, you know, um, you know, I felt like my purpose was served that year. I, I played through three or four games of that season, uh, and got us through that, but we had a young quarterback. So a lot was leaning on, on my shoulders, uh, coming in and kind of got T warmed up and ready to go. And when I got injured, I think that it really helped the team more than it hurt. Uh, because guess what? Everybody had to pull together and they did pull together and, and went on to go undefeated and win a national championship. Uh, so, um, you know, I respect that championship. Uh, that, that was my championship, but I don't feel like it was. Um, and, uh, luckily I got a chance to go on to the league and, and win a Super Bowl my, 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 my rookie year. So that was more pleasing. Um, but at Tennessee is great school. Great atmosphere. Coach Former was a great coach. Uh, played with a lot of great players, and you know, coming from the SEC to the pros, honestly, it was no different. Uh, the speed is there, the size is there, 
Um, and, you know, week in and week out playing in the SEC, you know, it was not a gimme game. You know, I don't care if he was going to play Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky, or whoever was the low man on the total pole in the SEC at the time, you still had to bring it because uh, you could lose uh, any given Saturday uh, in the SEC. So uh, it, it's, it prepares you, you know, and I think that now, you know, the SEC is strong, but, you know, with so much talent out there, so much visibility, uh, um, so many, so much, uh, so the training now is so different now. So you have a lot of talent all around the country. The SEC can't get them all. Uh, so you have the Big Ten, you know, the Pac-10. The pack you have all these different uh, conferences now that, hey, they can go, you know. Uh, but the SEC is just a different. It's just different. And I'm happy I, I chose to go to the SEC and chose to go to Tennessee. And uh, it was a great time. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah, that, that makes sense. The, the, especially the, the speed of practice. I, I went to a few Redskins practice back in the day and I, it was like Donovan McNabb and I think it was the early days of Shanahan. It just, it didn't look very game speed to me. Like, you know, it was kind of early in training camp, but, but yeah, I think that, that, you know, never having played a down football, but just as a, as a fan, but that moving at that game speed just seems like it makes a lot of sense. And, and that, uh, yeah. so then when you're in a game, it's, you're going at the same speed. So that definitely makes right. sense. And uh, yeah, again, yeah and, 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 yeah. and the biggest thing is, you know, in the pros is you're not doing a lot of contact and hitting. So you're practicing in shorts a lot of times and shoulder pads maybe, but I can remember the first carry that I got in practice and I, I hit it. I ran, you know, I ran my track and I just went down here. And I just ran to the ass of one of my linemen, and I hit the ground. Basically, the starting back when I got there, and and he said, "Priest, show him, show him, hey, show him, show him how it's done." And Priest went in there and just shoot, shoot, and just went right through there. And I was like, "Damn, how did he do that?" And he came back and he said, "Hey, just run it." He said, "Run." It. He said, run, run your tracks and go where, 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 where it's supposed to be. And after that, I just started doing that. And you'd be surprised. It worked. <laughs> so uh, uh, Priest Holmes was a good tutor of mine as well, uh, who went on to be be a great back. But, you know, it's having guys like that that's, that that you play with and you get a chance to talk to and learn from. Uh, it's having guys like that that make you a, a, strong, a strong player. Because I, I can remember the – Fourth game of the season when I took over as as a starter, uh, I was walking into the uh, locker room, and the first thing, the first person that greeted me walking into the locker room was Priest Holmes, and he walked up to me, put his hand out, shook my hand. He said, "Hey, it's yours." He said, "Anything else? Do anything you need from me?" He said, "I got you." He said, "I'm here to help and and help you be the best running back you can be," and and I did the same thing for the guys that came behind me and under me uh, my whole career because of players like that, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, impre- that's some impressive uh, professionalism. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks again for doing this. This is great. Thank you. Right. No problem. Dude. And Jamal, I think you said you had a minimum 10 concussions and you went unconscious like two or three times. You had some explosive collisions as a running back. I mean, you're delivering, the blow you're you're absorbing a ton. I mean, think of it, those Titans teams, 
those Steeler teams. Oh. Is there one collision that still rings in your head a little bit to this day or that you still remember more than any other? And I can tell you, uh, and I always bring this up, they said, who, who delivered the, the, the hardest hit to you in your career? And, and I can remember playing against the Redskins, and uh, and I, I, I got a carry, and I saw the hole just open up wide as day, and I hit it. I put my foot in the ground and just got downhill. And as soon as I got through the hole, somebody just came out of nowhere and just smacked me. And when I got back to the huddle, I said, who in the hell was that? And Jonathan Dodson said, oh, that was the rookie, Sean Taylor. And I was like, damn, I said, he's a rookie. <laughs> and he came in and just kissed me right in my face mask. And uh, that's I knew he was going to be a great player, you know, rest in peace. Uh, but that was might have been the hardest hit. And the second one would probably be Al Wilson, who was my old roommate in college. He got me in Denver one time. And I know my bell was rung and I got up, went to the huddle and Steve McNair was looking at me and he was like, he said, he was, he said, Jay, you okay? And I was just like, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, he put his hand up and told the coach, Hey, come get him. So I walked off the field, uh, cause my, my bell was still ringing, you know, but, but, uh, I tried to deliver most of the blows, but. I can remember guys saying, hey, man, you need to start getting out of bounds. You need to start getting out of bounds. And I'm like, for what? You know, my dad always told me, hey, man, deliver the blow. You know, get them before they get you. And that was really my mentality. You know, where I grew up in Adamsville and the way football was, especially yeah. as a kid, uh, listen, you better you better bring it or you're going to get it brought to you. And uh, you don't want it that way. So that's how I, that's, that was my mentality. You took me back to your fields, right? We walked around on your old practice field at Adamsville, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was the spot, man. And and uh, yeah. I think about it every time I talk about it. I see that same spot that we was standing at, and we walked around. Uh, but it was just, hey, man, and, and and you notice what it wasn't too much grass, so it was a lot of dirt and glass and stuff like that that was on the ground at the time. So you did not want to fall on the ground. So that was another thing. So everybody said, why are you so fast? You know, choppy steps. I got choppy steps because I'm used to running on dirt. <laughs> so it's not not, yeah. not nice. Yeah. That's right. You had those choppy steps. <laughs> that was your style. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep your feet up under you, you know. You're running on dirt, you're, you're slipping slide. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, – but, you know, brought me where, where I am right now. I just went yesterday, went to go speak to my old, my old high school. And talk to a lot of kids, some of the kids that's there uh, that are being recruited and, you know, getting offers and things of that nature and uh, just, you know, talking to them. And, uh, man, it just just took me back, you know, to when I was at the old high school and going through it. And I told the kids, one kid there, I can't remember his name, but he's highly recruited and got offers from everywhere. And uh, when I saw him, I was just like, man, I can just. I remember I'm like you in the 10th grade and you got all these offers. And I said, I can remember, I can remember that time. I said, but the, 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 the thing that you have against you is time because you got two more years in high school and, you know, growing up where I grew up, you know, and, and in that area, it is a small, it's, it's a, a margin of error that you can hit, 
you know, uh, just because of the environment, you know, and the people that you're around. Uh, so that was, you know, that was, um, that was, you know, it was, it was eye opening. And I just told him, I said, Hey man, just, just keep your, keep, keep your head on right and stay focused. You know, you got two years on that. You can do is just keep getting better and keep working, you know, and, uh, and hopefully they listen or whatever, but you know, you see a lot of guys that go through and they just don't make it, you know? I mean, God, that's such a great point, Jamal, because when, so when Tamar Hamlin it basically dies on a football field and is brought back to life, I think we're all trying to reconcile the violence of pro football. I mean, we're all, we, we all love it. I mean, if it's flag, we're not watching. If they make this touch football, no, nobody's going to tune in. It's, it's, the violent. I mean, we, we tune in because it's these, these are the modern day gladiators. And the way I kind of, uh, I guess, rationalized it in my head is, you know, I thought back to us walking around Adamsville and, and you opened up on where you came from and why you would do it all over again. How, how much good football did for you? Because it, it, it DeMar Hamlin's similar case. He's from McKees Rocks. You know, more than half of the kids he grew up with are, are dead or in jail. He's like, this game pulled me out of this area and brought me so much good, brought my family so much good. I guess that's how I was able to kind of move on in in my mind through that DeMar Hamlin stuff. And, you know, anytime a player is just motionless on on the dirt is this, this game is special because there's so many DeMar Hamlins and Jamal Lewis's that come from really rough places and shit. It's like football just, it it did so much good for you and everybody around you. I'm guessing you would still do it all over again. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is is that kind of how you reconcile the violence of the sport yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, a lot of a lot of guys that that, that play football, uh, um, I didn't really notice know how crazy I was until probably two or three years after I retired, and after really looking at the sport and just how violent it really is. Um, but yeah, I'll do it all over again. You know. Uh, I, you know, my whole thing was, how was I going to get out of my environment? How was I going to be a change? How was I going to be different uh, and 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 be the success story, you know, and make it out? And, you know, you got to have an avenue. You got to have a foundation. You got to have something that's going to take you there. And, and uh, you know, for a lot of inner city areas, you know, it's, it's football. It's football or it's basketball or something like that, you know, and one thing it does is keep you, it keeps you out of trouble, keeps you busy or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, you still have to go home. Uh, you still have to go to school. You still have to go, you know, and have a social life. So it's really guarding, you know, the, 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 the bad things that can creep in. Um, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, what happened to Jamar Hamlin, you know, you get a lot of guys out here to go, Hey, I'll die for this. I'll die for this. You know, let's go out here and ride, you know, when they're playing, you know, that's just your mentality. Uh, And, but when it, but when, when that happened to DeMar, it's like, wow, this is real. You know, this is real. But I bet you one thing, if everything worked out right uh, and, and he just miraculously just came to be and, and is totally healthy, he put the helmet on the next week if he had to. Uh, so, and I know it for a fact because I know I got knocked out, you know, uh, in, 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 in Cleveland, um, in 2009 and, 
and I knew something was wrong. But guess what? You know, I had a young running back behind me that was breathing down my neck. And, hey, I had to get in there and state my claim and hold on to my position. So, you know, it's a fight, you know, and it's one of those things where, hey, hey, look, this is what I do. This is what I love. And, hey, man, look, you know, I know the consequences. And, hey, I'm uh, this is this is my life, you know, and this is what I love. So, uh you know, it's just that piece of it. You just, you're a fighter. Um, and uh, that's why I said, you know, that's the love of the game. When you take the money out of it, you know, it's it's the love of the game, you know. And I knew that when, when my routine changed and, you know, going into a game, I wasn't the same. Uh, and I was just like Saragusa, standing around my locker, just waiting, you know, like it's just another day. Uh, I knew that it was time to hang up, hang up the cleats. Um, but, you know, I, I see these kids like I saw yesterday at my high school or go to a little league football game. Uh, these kids, they, this is this is their this is their outlet. You know, a lot of these kids, this is their outlet in uh, how they escape, you know, uh, mental illness, childhood trauma, things that they're going through at home. Um, and you know, I'm one of those kids, you know, that dealt with that, you know, and it was more of, Hey, you know, my mom and dad getting into it, or, you know, you, you, it's just those life situations that happen. But my outlet was getting on the football field and just letting it all out and going crazy. So that was, that's a lot of kids, you know, um, that's a lot of kids outlet today, you know? And in that that Browns um, collision that you talked, that's when you were unconscious. You were just out cold for a while, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's just crazy because you're out and you can see, you can see <laughs> what's going on around you, but you can't move. Or it's just like, I'm just not, you know, I'm here, but I'm not here, you know, and then it comes back. And the thing about it was I went to the sideline and, and came back in two plays later. And it was just survival then. It was, hey, take the ball and find a place to, to lay down. That was the thing. But but, but you didn't but know everything you knew time, about concussions then, too. The awareness wasn't there, right? Like No, 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 it wasn't there. You didn't you didn't know. It was just hey, I got my bell rung. They had the uh, you know, you had the stuff, the the smelling sauce or the uh, ammonia, really just putting it on your nose or whatever and like, Hey, let's go, you know, or whatever. But man, it's just, uh, it's tough, you know, it's tough. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of the things where when you love to do it and it's your lifestyle and you train for it and, and, and this is, you know, what feed the family. And, you know, like I said, you got 70,000 fans screaming your name, cheering for you. <clears throat> And things of that nature, it's hard to uh, it's hard to give that up. Hey, that's the beauty of America, right? It's a free country. You've got the free will to play, to not play. Even like with Tua Tagovailoa and all of his concussions, and it's it's kind of scary. I mean, what a horrifying scene that was. But if he wants to play, you know, he's doing the jujitsu stuff right now. I, who are we to tell him? I mean, you you need people to protect you from yourself. I get all that, but. For all the reasons that you just kind of laid out, football is a beautiful game that can do a lot of good. If you want to play, then you and you know the risk involved, play. It's that you're right. It's like, you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. That's and that. That's it, man. I think that uh, Tua, 
<clears throat> you know, with him and his issue there, you know, it's just, you know, they make it safe for the quarterbacks, but, you know, nowadays, you know, it it, it is safe for a quarterback, but it's safe for a stand-up quarterback, a uh, mm-hmm. pocket guy. It's not that safe for a Lamar Jackson or Tua that's going to get out of that pocket. It's going to scramble and, and, and run. And if you look at it half the time that, that they get their bell rung or something like that, it's when they scramble or they're out of that pocket. You know, it's not that hit that they're taking standing up back there in the pocket. So uh, yeah. it's just being more safe and, and taking care of yourself, you know. Um, that's 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 pretty much it, you know. Uh, but, hey, when you're out there, hey, things move so fast, you just – it's hard to take care of yourself, you know. Man. I don't want to, you know, keep monopolizing here. Before we lose Jamal, do you guys have anything else for him here? Um, I was going to uh, just, yeah, this is cool to to be able to ask questions, Jamal. You were talking about Steve McNair. Um, what was it like? Yeah, you're talking about guys getting out of the pocket. It was amazing what a warrior he was um, uh, on the field. I, you know, maybe just t- maybe talk about what it was like to play with him a little bit that, he was such an impressive oh, yeah. player. Oh yeah, he was a great, great, great guy, great quarterback. And being being at at, at the Ravens, you know, we we had a, a a few quarterbacks. I played with a lot of quarterbacks, but he was the one that came in and he was just throwing dimes. You know, just he put it out there. I'm like, wow, he actually completed that pass. <laughs> you know, like the the receiver actually caught that ball and it took a lot of pressure off me because we was a running, we was known as a running football team, you know? Um, but when you have a guy like, like Steve, you know, where he's going to complete that pass, you know, or whatever. So we're going to march the ball down the field, but he was just a warrior, man. He was, he didn't run as much, um, you know, but I played against him uh, at Tennessee when he was running a lot and making plays and he was just a beast. I saw him play at Alcorn state. Uh, when he was when he was in college his last year, I saw him play once as well. And you know he had a big ball. Uh, he's a great person, great guy. Um, you know he was a great teammate. Um, I wish I could have played with him that last year because uh, I think we could have went far uh, just because having a good quarterback and my style of play and as a runner or whatever. But he was just a great humble guy, man. He was a, he was a professional. And, um, you know, sad to see that he, you know, lost his life, you know, the way he did. Um, but he was, a, he touched a lot of people and, uh, he was a great, great quarterback, just a great, great player, great professional. Uh, so, um, speak highly of him. He's a great, great dude. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Are you good uh, today? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, yeah, no, no problem. Thanks. Um, I was wondering during your your two thousand yard season, um, at what point during the season did you say, "Hey, I think I think I can do this," and did you start feeling pressure, or was it more like, "This is inevitable, man. I, I'm I just I'm just feeling it. I've got it, and I'm this is going to happen." How how did that? You know, when did you feel like I had a chance, and and did you did you really feel a lot of pressure as you were getting closer? Did you just like, "I'm going to get this done"? Well, the crazy the crazy part about it was that. That year when I was training in the offseason, you know, me and my trainer, that's all we talked about was 2,000 yards, 2,000 yards, 2,000 yards. 
And how do you get 2,000 yards? You got to break some, you got to break some long runs early uh, in some games and, and get those long runs and, and, and get your regular games as well. Right. And uh, I think that first game, I think I had about 53 yards, 56 yards against the Steelers. Then come back the next week against the Browns and I got 295 yards. So in two games, you know, I had, you know, over 300 and, and something yards, 350, 360 something yards, right? In, in two games. So, uh, only thing we had to do is just keep churning, right? Keep churning. And, you know, we was going out there, we was getting 150 yards, 120 yards, you know, 150, you know, just racking it up. And I think that when, when Kyle Bola got hurt, uh, you know, coach called me into the office and he said, Hey, you're going to have to take 25, 30 carries a game. And, you know, Anthony Wright, he's going to have to run it a little bit. Uh, and this is just what we're going to have to do. And me, as the runner that I am, I'm like, great, <laughs> let's go, you know, <laughs> feed me. And and I, the thing was, we knew that we was going to get those 25, 30 carries. So it was like, hey, we're going to get the opportunities. We just got to make sure that we execute. And my offensive line, they was all for it. And I think, you know, by the midseason, that's when the numbers start coming up and people start saying, oh, you need to average this a game in order to get 2,000 yards. And I'm I'm not a numbers guy, so I never really looked at the numbers. But I can tell you when it got down to those last two games, uh, I was very nervous and uh, I didn't care about the 2,000 yards, but I really did care, you know, because <laughs> everybody else cared, you know. Um, but made my offensive line, that's who needed to really care. So they cared enough to open those holes up, man. And my fullback, uh, Alan Ricard, at the time, uh, he was blowing it up and leading me up through there. And, uh, and man, we just, we just maximized, you know, and, and honestly – the strength of that offensive line was Edwin Mulatalo and Jonathan Ogden on the left side. So if you watch, a lot of our plays went right and cut back left. And that was mainly because they would hold that backside. And by the time I stretch it, the hole was so wide, I just had to get back to it, you know. Um, but I would say by midseason, that's when the numbers started adding up. And we kind of knew that we could actually hit it. And I didn't, I didn't want to go into the Pittsburgh Steelers game needing 160, 100 and something yards to break the record, uh, just because it's the Steelers and I've never had 160 yards against them. Uh, but we did get over 2000 and, uh, and, and got to 2066. I thought when we went into overtime that coach was going to keep riding me, but you know, he said, Hey, look, we got to go to the playoffs. So. You know, we need you healthy. So uh I respected that. And uh now I'm third, third on the on the list. So uh <laughs> thanks to Adrian Peterson. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate that. That was great insight. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, if I can add on on that, Jamal, uh I was a uh, fourteen or fifteen years old. I don't think I ever told you this, but you you won me a fantasy football championship with a bunch of adults that year. So I was in my dad's oh. league as a little kid, but I had Jamal Lewis, baby. You rode, you rode me to a title. So thank you. <laughs> hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's good. That's it's, good. Yeah. It's I remember tough. that. Was it like Steelers last game, 13 to 10? 
And you could, you're right. You could have gotten the ball even more. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I could have got the ball a little more, and then we just kicked that field goal. You know, we actually completed a pass across the middle. Out of, I'm like, we completed a pass now. <laughs> you know, just let us up yeah. for a field goal, and I was like, dang. But hey, look, it was all good. But I can tell you this: when I got to the playoff game. I was out of gas. I can tell you that. I didn't have no more in the tank. And the Titans were locking me down like Deion Sanders out on the island. I can tell you that. And uh, my brother Austin's on here, too. So I think I took him down that. Were you in the league yet, Austin? Did you want to chime yeah, in? No, you, you just stole my thunder there. I was actually looking at your squad. The The website still goes back to 2003 there. And I'd never asked you, I, you know, when you did the story with Jamal there. Uh, back in the day, I never asked you if you uh, personally thanked him for uh, for beating everybody in our family <laughs> league. So I'm glad you thanked him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you single – I'm looking at the roster. You single-handedly won in the league. So thanks. Who thanks else did I have on that squad? Anybody? Was Kyle you know Bowler my quarterback? Probably. Surprisingly, you had Dominic Davis on your team. I felt like I had him on my team every year. But now you did have him on green. I guess uh, – you know, that was his big year. He had a big year that year, too. But That's right. Um, oh, he did. Oh, Tyler Dunn. Know how to pick him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> know how well, to thanks pick a him. Lot. Thanks a lot for doing this, Jamal. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Austin. And thanks so much. Yeah. This was great, Jamal. I mean, are you I, – I didn't even ask you. You're good today. How are you feeling? Um, I'm sure after we did that story a few years back, you probably heard from some loved ones, some friends. Uh you know, health-wise, with just those darker thoughts you might have had at some point, are are you still kind of able to kind of ward those off, stay busy, stay immersed in your family, all of that that we got into? Yeah, that's the big thing, man, is just staying busy, you know, staying busy. Sometimes you do get, you know, those 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 times when you're just, you know, down or you just don't, you know, especially on the, the uh, depression side or whatever, uh, but you know, I know how to cope, you know, I know how to get through it. Um, like I said before, I, I don't have a problem talking to nobody um, about an issue or whatever. Uh, that's one good thing. And that's one thing I told the kids yesterday is you got a problem, talk to somebody about it. You know, don't don't hold it in because that deteriorates you even faster, uh, especially on the depression side or whatever. But uh, but man, I'm feeling good. I can't I can't complain, man. I appreciate you. Um, you know, you check in on me and reach out every now and then. And uh, that's what's important, you know, that, you know, people, you know, actually care or, you know, you, you know, you got real people around you, you know, and uh, and that's uh, that's that that's good. I appreciate you. Oh, my God, that's that's the least, man. It was it was just great getting to know you, hang out with you, have a have a couple of Sweetwater IPAs while we're at it, too. So next time I'm in Atlanta, <laughs> well, we're going to have to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And my and my guys at the big catch, you know. Uh, That's that right, you your buddy there. He was a good dude. Yeah, you went to some of my main spots, Buttermilk Kitchen, uh, which is still there. Chef, man, they're they're they're, they're making it happen. I, I I stayed out of there, so I lost about twenty pounds. So that's uh that's a plus. Wow. So now I just go now I just go every now and then. I can't go every morning like I used to. <laughs> That's right. You said Shannon Sharp was giving you hell when he saw you, right? Like he he was giving giving it always. to you. Always, he always always tell me that I need to get in the gym. 
I think I think I don't think I'll ever be fit for him. So especially the way he looks. <laughs> Shit, you're a dad. Come on now, dad bods. What are you? Gonna, you're too busy yeah, raising yeah, kids. Right. What are you gonna do? Yeah, right, man. I got I I gotta eat. I eat the leftovers, the snacks, and the stuff that they leave 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 over at the house. You know, so and they're all getting older, man. My jazz, you know, is playing is is running track and playing football now, and he's uh in the seventh grade now. Uh, and then my, my daughter, you know, um, Ivana, she's, she's 14 now. So she's doing her thing and everybody's doing well, man. They, they're just growing up and growing fast and, and, uh, you know, got a bunch of teenagers running around. Hey, man, I, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us for an hour, Jamal. That was unbelievable. You're the man. Greatly appreciate it. And yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll definitely let you know when, when I'm down there for sure. Hey, uh, yeah, no, no problem, man. Like I said, anytime, brother, anytime, just let me know. We can chat it up. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Got it. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Right, Pleasure. Pleasure. All right. Now you guys have a good one. Enjoy the weekend. Okay. You yeah, too. You too.